Here's some brutal honesty. Stop making excuses or putting your head in the sand, pretending there isn't an issue because the stats say there likely is. We are profoundly sick society with access to everything we need to be healthy, fit, and thriving. So why aren't we? In these episodes, we explore topics shown to impact our overall well-being from the latest research and practices that can be easily implemented into our daily lives because sustainable change needs to be simple, frequent, and consistent. Hello, this is Glenda from Miles Ahead Wellness. Welcome or welcome back to our podcast on optimizing our health and wellness to live life fully. In today's episode, we dive into the topic of connection. This won't be the only time we talk about connection. We'll dive into the idea of connection and relationships, the we, later in the season. For now, we're going to talk about it more from the me connection. So in today's episode, we're going to cover the following. The impact that COVID has had on connection to both self and others, the physiology of stress and connection, and why connection is so integral to our well-being and mental health. So I want to begin this conversation in the context of our recent history and the significant impact that it has had on our society. As we launched this episode on March 7th, mere days before the third anniversary of the global pandemic COVID, in the aftermath, if we can even say that, we see the lingering effects and possibly some of the long-term impacts that this has had on us as a society. In an already growing polarized world, the pandemic and how it was handled by those in charge created even more polarization, an increase in isolation, both physically and emotionally, and a significant increase in anxiety, depression, and a decline in pro-social behaviors that some might argue were already threatened in a pre-COVID world. And we still don't truly know the full extent of the impact and won't really for years to come. Becoming a fully functioning human being with a sense of self and purpose requires meaningful social interactions with others. One of our core human needs is connection to others, a sense of belonging. The other needs are safety and satisfaction. Our need to belong and attach to our parents will supersede all other needs. In fact, we will reject parts of ourselves in order to maintain an attachment to our parents. As a side note, we offer free bi-weekly live classes via Facebook Live and YouTube Live on these topics and more. We share content and practice together in community. You can find the links in the show notes for our next upcoming sessions. All are recorded and available on our YouTube channel as well. Okay, so back to today's topic. Our ability to connect to others improves our mental health and our overall well-being. A University of Alberta PhD student did a study on whether introverts or extroverts did better during isolation. Can you guess? The link to the research study findings will be in the show notes for you. So what did you guess? Well, if you guessed extroverts, you were right. Although I think many people thought that introverts were going to do better because they like to be alone. In fact, extroverts have better mental health in general, she said. So they are happier usually, have more friends and better quality relationships, and therefore they can lean on the support of those friends to keep their positive mental health. And this is one of the main reasons why extroverts actually fared better than introverts during lockdown, because they sought out connections. There was a lot of conversation about who was 
able to be resilient and weather the storm that was COVID measures of quarantine and isolation. And we know that some populations were more isolated than others. Those who were immune compromised, the elderly and the very young, for example, and some were also more impacted because they lived alone or not near family or support. And there were many angles to examine this from, and we won't be able to do it all. But anecdotally, I know from my clients, I noticed that there was some things that made them be able to manage things better than others. So although introverts enjoy spending time alone, they are still social animals and need connection. And since they're less likely to seek it out, they're more prone to feelings of isolation and loneliness. I noted this with clients who lived alone as well, because by nature, those that lived with others had some sense of connection to the others in daily living, those who had established relationships that they could create a bubble with and maintain. Those maybe who had spaces mentally, emotionally, or physically to balance between people and alone. So secondly, generally speaking, those who had to live with too many people and no personal space and those who had all personal space and not enough people were equally frustrated and challenged. There's a balance, right? And this is, of course, specific to each person individually between being able to connect to self and connect to others. One other point was whether you were working from home or working out of the house. For some people, like my husband and my daughter, life changed, but it didn't really for them. They each got up each day and went into work. My daughter, working as a health and beauty manager at an organic market grocery store, certainly had its challenges being in the front line at that time. But as someone who lives alone, the social interaction she needed to some extent, were delivered at work with her colleagues and the people who came into the store, probably more the people she worked with. So when she went home, she was already ready for a break. All this to say, in whatever scenario, connection matters, social engagement with people we care about, and strangers too, can help us feel connected to something bigger than ourselves. And that's really important, in particular, face-to-face, physical contact, talking and sharing stories, laughing with others. These are all essential components of connection. Okay, a short interruption to let you know about an upcoming offer. For many of us, our conditioned beliefs are one of the very things that limit us from succeeding or doing the things that we most desire. So join us starting March 17th for our new Overcoming Limiting Beliefs mini course. This will be a free downloadable ebook as well as an opportunity to explore it deeper in a mini course with videos, worksheets, and support, all at a very accessible price. Join our newsletter to get notified or watch on our Instagram page for the launch at Miles Ahead Wellness. That's Miles with a Y. Okay, so let's come back to talk about the physiology of stress and connection. Connection calms our nervous system. It reminds us internally, our very nervous systems, that we're in community with others. And that usually makes us feel safer. A deep conversation with someone releases oxytocin, the hormone that I mentioned in the last episode, that's at the top of that hormone hierarchy, the master balancer that can balance cortisol levels and thus reduce stress. 
Dr. Sarah Godfrey tells us that hormones influence your behavior, emotions, brain chemicals, immunity, and metabolism. When your hormones are imbalanced, you look and feel your best. And when they aren't, when they're imbalanced, they can make your life miserable. You can feel lethargic, irritable, weepy, grumpy, unappreciated, anxious, depressed. When we are stressed, cortisol and oxytocin are waging war on each other and wreaking havoc on your life. Okay, so oxytocin is a hormone, a really important hormone that's released at childbirth, breastfeeding, but also during orgasm, laughter, play, hugging, and even giving. Cortisol is a super important stress hormone, and it actually has this anti-inflammatory effect. So it allows us to truly push through whatever we need to do at that time, which again is fine in a short term, but is detrimental in the long term. Cortisol is the key reason why people who are super stressed and then go on vacation and then all of a sudden they get sick. It's because they start to relax on vacation and that anti-inflammatory that had been present in the cortisol is gone and the body starts to react with more and more inflammation, lowering the immune system and we get sick. And of course, it isn't the relaxation, but the high levels of cortisol that came before it. That's the culprit. Often when we are under stress and that fight or flight response is engaged, we disconnect from others. We move away in an attempt to focus on the problems that we're dealing with or get things done. And this is okay in limited time frames, of course, but when chronic, we become detached from those people who could actually be helping us handle the stress. I was reading today in a blog post of a prominent creative entrepreneur who had built a huge six-figure or seven-figure actually business and from all accounts was successful, but she was stepping down and closing it all due to mental health challenges and relationship challenges. And she stated in a post that the more time and effort that went into the business, she didn't have the time to create or live the life that she was striving to build with the business. Chronic high cortisol can lead to rapid aging, loneliness, depression, adrenal fatigue, and burnout, and then chronically low levels of cortisol. So this translates into inflammation then taking over, and that translates into rapid aging. It can also become easier to disconnect, detach, walk away, and not look back. These symptoms are often a sign of low oxytocin. Again, remembering that cortisol and oxytocin are waging this war often when we're in chronic stress. So sometimes we quit the wrong things. We walk away from relationships, friendships, and other connections, and not the thing that's actually causing the stress in an effort to maintain our success or what we think is going right in our life. So why is connection important? Connection is fundamental to our well-being. The importance of connection cannot be overstated. It's crucial for our health and happiness. Without connection, we become disconnected from ourselves. We lose our connection to the world around us and often the people that matter most to us. This can lead to depression and other mental health issues. By connecting with ourselves regularly, cultivating self-awareness, self-compassion, 
with others and allowing them to connect with us, we can gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and other people. This can lead to a greater appreciation for self, for others, and more grace towards ourselves and others as well. When we engage in pro-social behaviors, which are behaviors that help others, it is a means of connecting to others, not at the expense of connecting to ourselves or taking care of ourselves. When we connect to others, we reduce our stress and improve our mood. In in particular, those pro-social behaviors like helping others, donating, volunteering, being focused on someone else. It's one of the reasons why we encourage people to volunteer or do something for someone else when someone's depressed. It's the last thing they want to do because they're so detached from others, but it's the very thing that helps them re-engage with the world outside of themselves. It can get people out of their dark thoughts, connect with others, and lift the mood slightly, which can be immensely beneficial to someone who is depressed. Self-compassion cannot be overstated as we think about connection. Again, in this context, with our own self, but obviously this allows us to cultivate compassion for others as well. In fact, connection is one of the three pillars of self-compassion. We will be exploring all of this in a new program, self-compassion program in June, as well as a YouTube series on self where we will cover self-worth, confidence, self-esteem, self-love, and so much more on that soon. Okay, so let's talk about the practice for the next couple of weeks. You have two options. I encourage you to do both, but definitely pick one that works for you. One is consider your stress levels and your overall sense of well-being right now. Notice if you are moving towards those people in your life and towards yourself or you're detaching. Can you make a choice day to day, moment to moment to move towards when we feel like moving away? Towards your needs, your self-care, towards your loved ones, perhaps with a bit longer hug, more quality time with phones and screens away where we have those deep conversations with each other that release all of those great hormones. Make it a priority in your self-care practice as it will reduce our stress and allow us to feel that sense of interconnectedness with something greater than ourselves. The other practice that is very helpful when we're connecting is a meta meditation or loving kindness meditation. This meditation practice can be extremely helpful in connecting to both self and others with more love and compassion. There's going to be a couple of options, audio options linked in the show notes for you to explore. So whether you try one or both, I hope you find more moments of connection both to yourself and others and feel the benefits of all that beautiful oxytocin in your body. So that's our episode on connection. We covered the impact COVID has had on connection to self and others, the physiology of stress and connection, and why connection is so integral to our well-being and mental health. Until next time, thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would so greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe at your favorite podcast spot, including now on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. We appreciate your support in this way as it's really important for the metrics and our ability to be able to be found by more people. 
many people go into making and producing each of these episodes and my special thanks to each of them and to all of you for listening. Check out the full show notes on milesaheadwellness.com. That's Miles with a Y. And be sure to join us at an upcoming live class every second Thursday. Our next episode is going to be on gratitude. So let's get grateful together. It will be released on the first day of spring, March 21st. And we will be diving into this beautiful idea of gratitude, including a 21 days of gratitude that will start in early April. April 3rd to the 24th, it's going to be a free challenge where we encourage everyone to join us in really celebrating and appreciating those people around us as another way of connecting to both ourselves and to each other. Until next time, let's get miles ahead and let your best self lead the way.